Welcome to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast, where we help students like you live out their dream of becoming physical therapists. In each episode, we will show and teach you how you can get one step closer to your dream of becoming a PT by increasing your level of clarity, confidence, and control. And as a thank you for listening to this episode, we want to provide you with a free gift. After coaching hundreds of students directly, we've learned that one, guessing is the enemy of your success as a future PT and knowing both that and what your current individual game plan should be is the difference between feeling confident and in control or overwhelmed and lost as a student. So we have a free training for you. You can find it at www.guessfreeprept.com. It's going to take care of you and it'll help you stop guessing and get in the driver's seat of your journey as a future PT. That's it. That's your free gift. Enjoy the rest of the episode. We'll see you in the next few moments. So we're going to be talking about four like old, dusty, crusty, outdated strategies that you're being told to do to apply to physical therapy that people just think will help to help you get into physical therapy school. But they're outdated. They've been used before. They're they're just the things that people say because they don't know what else to say. So on this video, we're going to go over what those four strategies are that are outdated so you don't do them. What's going on, guys? My name is Casey Coleman. I'm a physical therapist and the co-founder of Pre-PT Grind. And on this video, we're going to be talking about four outdated, old, old, old strategies that you're probably doing or that you heard from somewhere to help you get into physical therapy school. So we're going to run through them, then we'll come back around as always. So number one is to just get more observation hours. Number two is to get a master's degree. Number three, just go to a PTA program first. Become a physical therapist assistant first. Uh, then lastly is just get more experience. Just get more experience, right? So let's circle back around. So number one, get more observation hours. What is that really going to do? And for those of you who don't know, observation hours are more so for you the student, the person getting them, to make sure that you're making the right decision to become a physical therapist. Observation hours are not for the school. Yes, they might require 80 hours, 20 hours, 40 hours, but they are physical therapists. They don't need the observation hours like you do. So if you're saying, I have a thousand hours, I need 5,000 hours, I need 500, I need 200. As long as you get the minimums, you can now go then and focus your time and energy somewhere else. So just getting more observation hours is just an old outdated strategy that you don't need to focus on and will not help you get into physical therapy school like you think it will. All right. Number two, number two is just get a master's degree. Again, why? Why? Are you just being told to get a master's degree because they don't know what else to say or because you're getting more classes or they think it'll help your GPA? Ask them why they're saying get a master's degree. Now, for those of you who are out there who genuinely want a master's degree and have a plan to use that master's degree, by all means, go for it. Get as many master's degrees as you want, okay? That's a totally different set of population of people who are getting a master's degree for a reason. But if you're just getting it, you're like, oh yeah, this will help me stand out and get into PT school if I just have this master's degree. Mm, you might be wasting your time if your sole goal is to just become a physical therapist. So reconsider just getting a master's degree just to get it because you think it'll help you stand out and get into physical therapy school. Next is something similar. 
becoming a physical therapist first. Again, if you want to become a PTA and your life situation calls for that and you need to start working now and you want to be a PTA and you did your research and, and you're really passionate about that, go for it. By all means, become a PTA. But again, if you're just becoming a PTA because you think, I'm a PTA, I have the badge of honor of being a PTA, and that solely is gonna help me become a physical therapist and just give me a, a, an easy road to get into physical therapy school, I'm sorry, it's not what you think it's going to be. It's not what you think it's going to be. So if you're just becoming a PTA to make it easier to become a DPT, highly recommend reconsidering that and that is an old outdated strategy that people are just saying just to say something to help you get into physical therapy school and it really doesn't help how you want it to help then lastly is to just get more experience what does that mean ask them next time you hear that oh just get a bunch of experience ask them what do you mean what kind of experience because just getting experience in anything or stressing yourself out to just get experience First of all, it's going to stress you out and next might not even help how you want it to help because you can have a list of 20 experiences and not learn anything from them and not extract any value for you from them or not get anything from that experience or the experience that you did and busted your butt to get isn't even enjoyable for you. So just getting more experience is not going to help how you want it to help. Okay, so those are four old outdated strategies that people are just telling you to do to get into physical therapy school and if you want new strategies that actually work to help you get into physical therapy school then you are in the right place subscribe like share comment and get into our world to learn these new strategies that can actually help Here's a super underestimated key to getting accepted into PT school without always having to feel like you're guessing and hoping for the best. And that is focusing on your strategy, a proven strategy for yourself, what point A to point B is going to look like before you focus on the tactics. And the tactics is things like, which class should I retake? When should I submit my application? Those are usually the questions that most of us ask when in reality, there's a question far beyond that. And the reason why that's so important is because when you apply to PT school, when you submit your application, you should not be feeling like, oh, I hope they see the best in me. You should actually be able to know, hey, like, I know exactly what those schools are going to see on the other side. I know exactly, you know, what to expect. I know that I controlled everything I could control. And if you want that level of confidence, then we actually want to teach it to you. So uh, we actually have a training coming up. Uh, go to leveluptheprept.com if you want to see how we teach that to our students. But if you start focusing on your strategy before the tactics, then you're going to be in a lot more control as an applicant as we go into 2022. What is up? Welcome back to another training. My name is Joseph Googie. I'm a physical therapist, also one of the co-founders of Pre-PT Grind, where we help students live out their dreams of becoming physical therapists. So if that's what you're interested in, then you're on the right page. And in this video, I want to talk to you about three things that the top 10% of students do that most other students don't. Now, where did I get this information? Well, we've actually coached a whole bunch of students, hundreds of students over the last few years, and we've just studied them. We're like, yo, like, for the students that we've coached, for the students that we haven't coached, what's the difference? Like, like, what's the difference between students that are succeeding and students that are not? Is it the fact that some have super high GPAs? Is it the fact that others uh, have certain advantages? And the reality is no. Like, we've literally watched students that have had what 
many have considered to be great disadvantages as students, as pre-PTs, as SPTs, and they've still been able to succeed uh, to, you know, becoming PTs or to getting into PT school. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, so, so, so it's not just grades. It's not just being phenomenal at standardized exams. What is it? So I want to share three things that have really set apart really the, the the highest level of students, even if they have struggled with the academics beforehand, when they make this switch and they start doing these three things, everything changes for them. And so if that's what you want, then watch this video. And then afterwards, if you have any questions, let us know below and we'd be more than happy to answer those questions for you. All right, so here are the three things. Number one, and then I'll break them down for you. Number one, the top 10% of students don't blame anyone else. So I, I, I mean anyone else. They don't blame their professors. They don't blame family members. They don't blame uh, past experiences, whatever it is. They don't blame anyone else but themselves. They take full ownership of everything. And that's hard to do, especially when you genuinely feel like it's somebody else's fault. It's like, man, I wish the teacher taught better. Or I wish this happened or I wish I was in a different school or I wish I had known this. Like y'all, like the top 10% just say, hey, I'm. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to point the finger at anybody else because I can't control anybody else. And if I can just take all the ownership to myself, then I can at least control that. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is they ask different questions. And so here's what I mean by this, and then I'll break this down even more. So, so they ask empowering questions instead of limiting questions. So limiting questions sound like this. Limiting questions sound like, how will I ever be able to raise my GPA? How will I ever be able to get a better score on the GRE? How will I ever be able to get into a program? How will I ever be able to uh, navigate through my school debt? How will I? All those questions are like disempowering. Like they actually bring you down. They make you feel like you're less capable of accomplishing that thing. Like when I ask myself that about the GRE, when I say, how will I ever? Already I have trained my mind to think that it's going to be very difficult for me to do it. And don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not a cakewalk. Like I understand that the, the, the GRE is difficult. I understand that, you know, when you're struggling academically, those things are tough. But what happens is when you ask those questions, they basically become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so the top 10% of students say, mm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, like, I, yes, I got the same obstacles as everybody else, but the top 10% say, you know what? I'm going to ask empowering questions. Instead of saying, how can I ever, they're going to ask, okay, wait a minute. So who has done this? Okay, I'm struggling with the GRE. Who's been able to figure out how to get a better GRE score after getting 137 and a 140? <laughs> like, 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 who has been able to figure it out? Who has been able to figure out how to eliminate their school debt without it consuming their career and having them, you know, you know, do do jobs within the profession that they don't really like? Who's been able to like y'all? Like, those are empowering questions. Basically, empowering questions come with the assumption that there is a solution. And not only is there a solution, but somebody else has figured it out. And if I can start asking one, who those people are or what they did differently, then now I actually have a path that I can control. Are you kind of catching the theme from blaming versus taking ownership? 
it's all on me. From asking limiting questions or disempowering questions or questions that make me feel like I have no control to questions that actually give me a sense of direction or control or next steps. All of it has to come back to me. So that's kind of why these tops are uh, top 10% of students still crush it regardless of what their obstacles are. And then the last one is this. They seek to understand before being understood. Now, this one's a little different. So um, as students, a lot of us are like we we want other people to understand our struggles. We want other people to understand what we've been through. We want other people to understand our experiences. Uh, Like I see that even in um, applications for PT school. We want other people to understand us. Right. And and, and I think what happens and, and that's what most students do. Right. But but the reality is that's not the best way to navigate through that. Like when you actually seek to understand the other person. So if you're a pre-PT, who's that other person? The programs you're applying to. If you if you understand your experience more than you understand the program, something's gonna be off, right? Like you have to say, hey, like, well, you don't have to do anything. But the top 10% of students say, you know what? I'm going to spend my time and energy understanding these other schools so well that they're going to be like, yo, I mean, yeah, like this is like almost a no brainer, right? They seek to understand the programs they're applying to. They seek to understand their employers. They seek to understand the application process. They seek to understand the profession before being understood. And what happens is this, when they do that first, they're able to say, oh, these are things that I can adjust in my own experience so that I'm a better match for the schools. These are things I can adjust in my own experience so that I can be a better match for this job. These are things I can adjust in my experience so I can be a better match for this. Like all the different things that they have in their journey as future physical therapists are now in their control and they can now start turning themselves into the perfect applicant, turning themselves into the perfect employee, the perfect PT student. That's what the top 10% of students do. And I think a lot of us tend to do the opposite. We spend, we tend to spend more time trying to say, hey, but but I've been through it or I've been through that. Uh, y'all, like everybody has a story, but the students that take the time to understand the other person always win. So think about it in this example, and then I think this will make a lot of sense. So, so, so if we were to meet in person, Let's say we met in person and I just started telling you about myself. And I was like, yeah, you know, I like this. I like it. And I did that for 15 minutes. How would you feel? How would you feel? Like, like you'd be like, yo, this guy's kind of full of himself, right? But what if, what if I spent more of that first 15 minutes trying to get to know you? What if I asked you questions about you? What if I spent like y'all, like, wouldn't that make you kind of want to know more about me now? Y'all, it's human psychology. And that's what the top 10% of students understand. They understand that if they can spend more of their energy asking questions of the programs or of other people, then naturally those people will want to know more about them. And that makes it that much more powerful. And so if you want to be successful, y'all, like all I say, and I've always said this is look at what other people that are in your shoes or have been in your shoes are doing. Look at what they've 
like like especially the ones that are winning what did they do differently what did they actually like take charge of and then you have to ask yourself are you willing to do those things right so 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 they don't blame anyone else are you blaming other people are you pointing fingers at other people are you blaming are you blaming covid are you blaming your your school are you blaming your your professors your advisor i mean those are all people that are outside of your control those are all experiences that are outside of your control what can you control well you can control you so you might as well just take ownership of your past you might as well take ownership of your present so that you can also take ownership of your future you can also take ownership of your next steps that's how this thing works right if i can start asking different questions if i can stop asking limiting questions and start asking myself empowering questions then naturally i'm opening myself up to more potential solutions like y'all there are solutions for all of the problems that you think there are no solutions for there's a solution for it somebody else has figured it out if you think your gpa is too low somebody's been able to figure it out i can tell you about them because they're in our program like if you think that you are too old somebody else has been able to navigate through their journey as a future physical therapist or a current physical therapist and they also felt the same way so if you think you've been too many years out of school, same thing. If you think you're too young, same thing. If you, y'all, I can go down this list over and over and over and over and over. What you have to ask is, am I willing to ask empowering questions? Questions that give me a solution. Question that allows me to ask the right people, find the right people, find people that have been exactly where I'm at and have been able to navigate through it and succeed. And then the last thing is, is am I willing to step outside of myself? Am I willing to start asking better questions? Am I willing to find out more about my peers, find out more about the programs that I'm applying to? Am I willing to invest that energy so that I can understand before I myself am understood? Because if that's what the top 10% of students are doing, well, I want to be in that number. If you want to be in that number, I want to be part of those students that are taking charge of their entire journey. Part of those students that are not giving themselves a chance to quit because they understand that the only way they don't get to become a physical therapist is that is, is if they themselves pull the plug. And why do we pull the plug? We quit because we think that there's no other option for us. We think that, you know, we've hit a dead end. We think that we can't do anything about it <laughs> or we doubt ourselves or all the other things that lead many of us to quit. So, so if those 10% have figured out how not to do that, wouldn't it be in my best interest to just start copying them <laughs> to start doing what they're doing? And what I've just shared with you are the top three things they do. So the question now you have is, are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to say, hey, hmm, out of all those three, how many am I doing consistently? If it's zero, cool, you have a great place to start. If it's only one of them, cool, you have two to work on. If it's only two of them, cool, you have one more to work on. If it's all three, great, you're probably already in that top 10%. And that's how it works. So I hope this video is helpful for you. Um, I, I do this mainly because I know that every single one of you, whoever you are right now, watching this right now or listening to this right now, you have the ability to get to your end goal of becoming a physical therapist, if that's what you want, right? You have that ability. All the experiences you've had, all the experiences that you currently are having, really aren't the dead end. Like, like they will not stop you from getting there unless you decide that it will be your dead end, unless you decide that you no longer have control, which you always do. So um, this is a great place to start. If you have any questions, let us know. Feel free to reach out to us on any of our other platforms. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. We'll see you on the next training. Much love. Bye. 
We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. If you have not done so, please be sure to subscribe and review the podcast so that we can continue to serve many other amazing future physical therapists like you. And if this episode brought you value, please be sure to share it out with your classmates and friends so that it can bring them value as well. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Have an amazing rest of your day or night.